When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What is up, fanatics? It is Thursday, someday in December. It's Mr. Mac with you. Big, huge thank you to Wild Rose Resort, Casino Hotel, Sportsbook, uh, Love DraftKings. Bet Rivers, and of course, Circa, the newest member who put a line out, put a line out on a women's basketball game, and I've been complaining about that forever. I think there's a ton of money to be made, so thank you for doing that. They had Iowa State minus two. They covered the number at Hilton last night and got a W. So uh, before we get into bowl season, I've got a guest today. His name is Jim Root. Jim is uh, from you got a lot of things going on now, Jim, but started with three man weave uh, at three man. I think it's underscore weave uh, on Twitter. Their podcast is fantastic, but they're also on uh, Rob Doster's got an Iowa connection, I believe too. So Rob's started the field of 68, which is an unbelievable basketball podcast. In my opinion, they're what they're cranking out on a daily basis is the best gambling basketball information. And that they don't put a gambling spin on it, but, what you can take from listening to Sean Miller, Archie Miller, Steve Prome, our old coach. Uh, they've got great guests at Jim and, and Kai and Matt are all part of that. Then Jim's also, I don't know, Jim, if it's just you or all of you guys are involved with uh, some of the stuff at VEASAN and what they put out. Yeah, we, we, we do some guest cameos on VEASAN. Uh, I'm the only one that lives in Vegas of the group. So I actually get to go into the studio and, and rub shoulders with the greats down there, but uh, pretend I, I belong. But it's it's pretty cool to be out here. And yeah, basically everything we've gotten to do has been awesome opportunities, whether it's Field of 68, Action Network. Uh, now, now coming out here. about those guys. We've got too many credit credentials or whatever, like commitments <laughs> to lists. So I certainly do not blame you for that. <laughs> those guys are awesome. Awesome. They do. I love listening. They do the, um, oh gosh, I'm going to not do it justice, but they do the D five on the, the smaller schools for football. Um, love that. I mean, I, because I'm Mr. Mac, I love small school football and really the same thing for basketball. There's a, I think you probably get a better edge in basketball on some of those smaller school lines than you would on the, on the big games. But uh, Jim, are you from Wisconsin originally? 
Yeah. Well, yes. I was born in Scottsdale, Arizona, but I moved to Wisconsin okay. when I was two. So okay. I, I basically everything I know is Wisconsin. I'm a, I'm a Badgers, Bucks, Packers, Brewers. Uh, that that all, all that's in my blood. That's what I've been cheering for my whole life. Um, but now, now I'm out in Vegas. I was all mi- uh, Midwest for most of my life. But hey, it's it's I've been all over the place. We'll put it that way. I love it. I love it. Kai and Matt are both in Chicago. Um, did you guys all go to Missouri together? Was that the deal? Was that where you all met? Uh, Kai and I both went to Missouri okay. and then Matt went to Indiana, but he grew up with Kai. So they kind of okay. had the childhood connection and I latched onto him like a parasite. <laughs> I love it. Dude. You guys have a great, I mean, you know, 51 year old fanboy, Jim, um, <laughs> you just do a great job. You present the material. Well, it's fun. It's easy. And I tell you what's impressive is um, as a gambler, I should be better at knowing what, I know before I bet on it, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I am who I am. I'm, I am like most people on an app, you, the, the level of knowledge that you all bring. So, you know, the coaches, you know, the team names, which is a great drunk game to play at a bar now. And again, oh, it's, right? that's know? my party trick. Yep. That oh. in the city is where the colleges are. <laughs> I'm taking you with me wherever I go. I'm like, fucking, it's like walking in with a, you know, a pool shark. Like I would never <laughs> play that with you. You guys know all the name. I mean, you get it, and and you do on your website. Um, what is it? Three hyphen man hyphen weave dot com. Yep. You guys did a breakdown of every single conference. Yep, we got about five hundred to thousand words about all three hundred and fifty eight teams. That's unreal. That's that's our annual labor of love. That uh, I really is probably what got us noticed. Like just that going into that depth, and yep. I think gamblers found that very useful learning about those small school teams. So uh, that was that was our big break to put it. Uh, I guess to, to put it that way. But we're we're trying to continue growing. That's that's always the goal. Whatever we can do to help, listen, this is a, we've got a we've got a rabid fan base. So tonight, Jim and I didn't even realize it. IYW State are playing up in Hilton. Um, we kind of joke we'd hit on that and see how uh, how uh, good of prognosticators we are. I I'm gonna take remove my hat. I'm gonna give the floor to you. Kind of looking at this game, knowing the line came out at three and a half, it went all the way up to five and a half last time I checked. Um, but all the bets were on Iowa State, so you had the quote-unquote reverse line move. Um, all right, if you were looking at that game, what are you looking at? That basically crossed over my number. I had it around yeah. like four, four and a half. So to go from Iowa to Iowa State, it kind of made sense. Um, I, I wrote it up a little bit for Action Network, and I just I, I'm worried about Iowa State's reliance on forcing turnovers. Because yep. Iowa takes such good care of the ball, and if you can't get that Iowa State team going in transition then maybe that, that they struggle a little bit offensively. Like Memphis was a perfect team for them to play because they can't take care of the ball. And I was the opposite. So we'll, we'll see. I, I never want to bet against Hilton Magic, though. That's, that's the thing that scares me. Yeah, you know, having, having been to games like back to when, you know, Chris Fred Hoiber, right? Like Hilton Magic is real. Um, and, and going through Fred's days and Pfizer and Tinsley, and then when Tim Floyd came and, uh, Bankhead and Pratt and those guys. Uh, unfortunately, as as an older guy, I never got to see Niang, Morris, uh, Thomas, um, and those guys play and he'll never. And I don't know why. Oh, wow. It just what happens, right? You got I got three boys all under the age of twenty one and stuff that's going on, but it's real. Like everybody said, oh, it's gone. You know, they go. And the funny thing with Jim and I, 
not that I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna break, but I gotta bring it up. So Jim, you said I mean you you stood by it, and, and I don't I don't blame you. Like Iowa State was the worst team in, coming into the season. They're gonna finish last in the big the Big Twelve. Being around the program, McDermott, Ots, knowing that relationship, knowing what like Steve had this team doing, I knew like. There's no way, like, there's somebody they're going to get better than going in. Nobody expected this, so Jim. Honestly, like, this, you come into this year, this would have been Iowa, you know, Iowa by 10 and a half. Yeah. Um, Iowa State got Memphis at the right time because they're terrible. Their coach is all, I heard you guys talk about this last night. I listened to the podcast. He's terrible. And he has, yes. he has Larry freaking Brown on his bench. <laughs> it's wild. And this team is like, like you guys said it best. This is like an AAU team. Roll the ball out. Don't be you guys. Dude, their coach called them an AAU team. He's like, we look like an AAU team. It's like, yeah, you're an AAU coach. That's your fault. <laughs> it's terrible. Like I know they're ranked and it looks good. They're not a good basketball team. And then they got Xavier, who is a good basketball team, but they don't. They didn't have Fremantle, and that guy's a huge difference on the team. And I know those wins look good. Going to Creighton, this is not Creighton of last year. They're not as good as, as they have been. But when you when you win at the CHI Center and there's 18,000 fans and you go on the road and, you know, those guys are good friends. McDermott and Hots, uh, are good friends. That was a big win. So it's nice to see those wins and you can stack them up against everybody else. But Iowa, <clears throat> they're different. They played Purdue a hell of a lot better than I thought they would be with, with uh, Keegan being out. And his brother, Chris, came in and had a hell of a game. The, the, only, the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope for Iowa State is, and I think to cover the spread, I would pick up to cover the spread, is their defense is so much better. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not even the same. No, I, I honestly, you just talked about, you, you kind of put the caveat on all three of those wins for, for Iowa State, but if they had won one of those games coming into the year, I'd be like, yeah, that, you know, that yeah. makes sense. They're scrappy, but to win all three, like even with a caveat on all of them or, or, or however you want to frame it, that's mega impressive. It's just tip of the cap, nothing else you can do, but say yep. they're exceeding expectations and they, they have earned the accolades they've gotten so far. Uh, as for Iowa. Yeah. It's, they're in this weird conundrum place where their bench has a bunch of really good defenders and their offense is better with the starting lineup. So McCaffrey almost has to choose with his lineups. He's like, all right, do he I does. go full defense with Perkins and Ulysses and Toussaint pressuring, or do I play my kids, my, the McCaffrey boys out there and, and lean a little bit more towards offense with them and Bohannon. So I guess it's kind of like, what does the situation call for? And you can, you can mesh those, those groups a little bit. Um, but yeah, at five and a half, I would probably lean towards the Cyclones at home. Like, man, that five is a tough number to, to get past. If you, especially if you like, you almost need a blowout for Iowa. Like, I, I think it's going to be close enough to where I don't see them losing by six or more. The Cyclones have just been too feisty this year. They're too tough. They're too well coached. And they've just been really, really good so far. <laughs> Yeah, the interesting thing, too, with those three wins for Iowa State, you had three different guys lead the team in scoring. So you had Caleb Grill. You had all three seniors. So Caleb Grill stepped up big time at Creighton. Uh, had a ton of family in the audience, by the way. And then you had Brockington. He, he was huge. And Kalsher was huge in one game. So that, too, that kind of mix for Iowa State makes me think, hmm, this isn't just some, like, fluke. You know, they have the ability to lean on different players each game. They're not counting on one guy. 
Right. Whereas Iowa, the one thing I do like about Fran is he'll stick to he'll stick to a whack ass lineup. You're like, who the? But it, it's because they're doing well. Like he's got eleven guys that he puts these parts in, and it frustrates Hawkeye fans to no end. Like he's our lineup, <laughs> but it's working. He sticks with it. You're like, how is Dulles played? You know, thirty minutes tonight. That's because he had a better plus minus on you know when he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think Iowa State will go there. Um, Okay, let's hop into, uh, if you're okay with the gym, we'll hop into conferences. I'll just start with the Big 12 and, and kind of let you chime in afterwards, and I'll let you take the Big 10 to start. But um, what I've seen now and, and kind of what I'm hearing as I as I up my game, so to speak, in, in college hoops, because as a better, the last two seasons, I have gotten my head peeled. Uh, I have not done all that well, but, man, did I – play a lot i bet a ton but what i started to learn in, in listening was you know this preseason stuff is really important for the conferences when it comes to getting bids and i've never heard it explained as much as i have when sean miller was talking about you know the pac-12 and the losses that they have and then you look at the big 12 and all the wins and for instance you know rooting for West Virginia last night against Connecticut, how big of a win that is and how important it is for that conference to get. Now we're talking maybe seven, you know, teams in from the big 12, right? Like that's a big deal. And I never really approached the preseason pre-conference season that way, but it really is a big deal to rack up big, those, those quad one, quad two wins in the early season. Um, and so when I started watching Big 12 teams, I think I've seen everybody play at least once except Oklahoma State. I feel terrible for them that they're out. That does not make sense. They got royally screwed. Yeah. Um, but I look at it like this. Baylor, Kansas are at the top. And then you have Texas Tech and Texas and West Virginia right there below them. And I know you guys love to do this, so I'm doing it in your way. And then I think oh, we love tiers. That's true. Yes, the tiers. <laughs> yeah. You got that top tier. You got the second tier below them. I think there's three teams there. And then I don't care what anybody says. It's a mosh pit below that now, based on what's transpired. What do you What are you kind of seeing in this conference? And I think Iowa State could finish as high as six. Yeah, no, I, I I think you're absolutely spot on. I just to go off that point of how big the pre-conference, uh, the non-conference stuff is for for setting up bids. It's just. You, you need wins in conference to matter. So like yep. in the ACC, none of those teams are getting big wins. So knocking off Florida state doesn't mean anything because Florida state didn't beat anybody like it, that. It, it has that trickle down effect. But if everyone in the big 12 gets wins, suddenly beating Iowa state matters. Like that is a, that's a quad one win. If you do it on the road, might even be quad one at home at this rate. Uh, so if basically, you know, 80% of your games in, in conference are quad one, it's it's almost impossible to not get seven teams in because the committee values that the depth of that resume so much so that that's going to be huge for that league as far as a pecking order goes it's it's tough to sort out i'm with you at the top kansas baylor clearly asserted themselves texas is that wild card team hard to figure out they just lost really at seton hall as as we record this did they lose did they end up losing Yep. It couldn't, couldn't pull it out late. There was a weird snafu with the, uh, the foul count that almost just completely destroyed the rhythm of the game at the under four timeout. Um, but 
they, they haven't beaten a top 200 team yet this year. Like they have got oh. some, some proving to do. Uh, it, it's kind of a team that's in theory right now and not an in practice one. So the, the rest of the group, like Texas tech, I think is really good. They got that Tennessee they win on a neutral. Uh, I think it seems like Mark Adams has, has got the, the guys rallied and they're super deep. They can kind of throw guys at you in waves. Iowa state, obviously exceeding expectations by quite a bit. And you, you go down the line, like, TCU just beat Utah on a semi-neutral court. Kansas State went to Wichita State and won. Like it, it's it's all the way down the line. There's no top to bottom league that's better than Kansas or than Big 12 because it doesn't have a bottom. Like your worst team is a top 60, 65 team that's going to contend for a bit. It's it's crazy. It's nuts. That is nuts. Yeah, I was looking at Bart Torvik. I think, you know, we're looking you know, I think Iowa State's seventy second and what have you. You guys talked a little bit about this too, and and maybe shine some light. There's there's really there's the the net rankings. There's Bart Torvik and there's Ken Palm. I like Bart Torvik. I don't know why. I think it's easier to navigate. Maybe that's it. I like his funalytics, um, but that maybe tell the listeners don't doesn't don't Ken Palm and Bart Torvik they take in they preseason rank these guys a little bit too, right? Whereas net doesn't, it's looking at just this year's data. Yep. hundred percent. And then okay. like some of the net can have outliers early. Like there, there's stuff that's kind of goofy. I think before last night, Wyoming was 15th or something in the net. And then they lost by 30 to Arizona. And so that, that stuff starts to wash out as time goes on. But just even for instance, last year that the Patriot didn't play a non-conference portion except for I think army and Navy each played like four or five games each. Then Colgate ran through the league and they were ninth in the net. It it just, it was this weird outlier because they didn't have enough uh, comparable games because they didn't have non-conference. So it does have some weird idiosyncrasies early, Uh, but Ken Palm and Bart Torvik definitely try to correct for that with the preseason stuff. Uh, One thing that's fun that, that I have been starting to do a little bit this year is on Bart Torvik's website. If you filter by day, at the top, you're allowed to, and you, instead of it's November 1st, you just switch it to November 2nd. It takes out all the preseason stuff. Oh. So then you, you can look at it almost like a net comparison thing in, in the way that it's just based on this year's performance only. And the big 12 shows up pretty great there. I mean, Iowa state is like 30th. If you look at Unreal. it, so Unreal. 28th right now. And the worst team in the league is Kansas state 92nd. Like inside the top 100, they're, they're, they don't have the dregs like the other league does, and that kind of proves it. So, yeah, it's it's wild to see what they're doing this year, but it's kind of a, an annual thing for the Big 12 at this point. Yeah, it, it really has been. I think, uh, you know, there's there's always been some just, you know, you get a Weber that stays at Kansas State forever. You know, it just those kind of things, you know, with those teams that aren't always going to be at the top. And Iowa State's always been. Didn't matter if they're good or bad. They, they, they freak people out in that tournament, right? Because they come through and win that thing and get an auto bid and, and steal stuff. But, um, yeah, this year, I, I, yeah, I'm not. Here's the one thing I would say: like the, the team I think that is worse than people think is Oklahoma, and maybe it's just because they haven't gotten. And there's time to fix it, but. They did not look good against Butler. Um, and, and Butler was missing like two guys. And, and I think the team to surprise, obviously, is Iowa State. Um, yep. But Baylor, do not sleep on Baylor. Like they are 
they're not getting any pub. You know, nobody's talking about it. Everybody thinks it's Kansas. I, I predict Iowa State will beat Kansas and Ames this year. It's just we have one of those teams, and they hate coming to Ames. Um, so I think, that you know, the cool thing would be to knock off top one. But those two, I think Baylor and Kansas are going to be fighting at the end for sure. Yeah, um, Baylor, like they're not better than last year. They're not on that level, but they're top five again. Like they, yeah. they are the, the defense is it's more switchable. They've got those two freshman wings, Sohan and Kendall Brown that just are destroyers on the defensive end and their backcourt still has firepower. It's a it, drew has built that program into one that just reloads top 10. Like it's hard to envision them not being top 10 for a while. Cause he just recruits so well and they develop so well. It's I, I love, I, there's that, era where is scott drew a good coach and that discussion is long gone because gone. He is like top 10 top 15 in the country at this point point. and if, if you go back and people knew what he took over when he took over like you there's never been a job like that like where you had a player on the team murder another i mean you can't hollywood can't script what he took over no. and, and is built there and like you said this kind of that brown is He's just like one of those plug and play lanky guys in the middle that they always have. And they freaking Iowa state will not be Baylor. We just can't, we won't, I'm not <laughs> predicting a win against them at all. It doesn't happen. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's hop into the big 10 because I think to me, this is, uh, um, this is the most fun. It's the most fun league. And I have watched Purdue play Jim and I don't know. Uh, who's the freaking coach? Who's Purdue's coach? Uh, Matt Painter. 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 Why do I always want to say Hummel? But he's on Field sixty-eight. <laughs> I, I, he's, I think Hummel's announcing out. the game tonight, so he's got oh, a bias he? going. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. He's awesome. He really is. Um, I watch that team like when Edie, like Edie, only plays like ten minutes. Like I'm not understanding Painter's genius or how he's painting. Um, but this team, when that kid's in the game, like where the hell did he come from? He looks Canada. like a player of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's I I I floated this question to Kai and Matt in our Big Ten preseason podcast. I was like, is Zachion Edie Williams or Ediums the best combined player in the country? Like the 40 minutes that Purdue gets at center are better than any other position in the entire country. Like Drew Timmy rocks no, I and, agree. Uh, and Keegan Murray rocks, but like the 40 minutes, like they, they, there's no drop off. It's an all American caliber guy for 40 minutes a game. And it's so difficult to guard when they can just keep him, keep him coming at you like that. His footwork, like what he, he reminds me of like the, uh, like a tight end. He is, you know, the bigger guy that you don't want to put him on the line because he's so good that you got to send him out to block and catch passes because he can do <laughs> anything and their guard play. Like, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would look great. I, they showed up. Well, they showed up that list, that line kept going up. Everybody I was with was at a party that night. They're like, Oh, fade the Hawks, fade the Hawks. Like now that everybody's talking about, it, I'm not betting this game at all. <laughs> I know how this goes. And of course they, they, they covered that number, but um, Purdue, man, I mean, they, I don't know if you have a, a one line there, but I think they are a little bit better than everybody else in, in, in that tier. I know you guys had Purdue, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois. Maybe talk, talk to me about your tier one. 
Yeah, in the Big Ten, it's it's Purdue on top by themselves right now. Like I would I think be, so too. I, I've gotten to the point where I'd be a little surprised if they did not win the league. Which coming into the year, it was like, yeah, I could see Illinois, I could see Michigan with their talent and stuff. But it's just like Purdue has this identity figured out, and the emergence of the backcourt, like you said, I think is huge. Ivy is like a real kind of all American candidate guy that yeah. is creeping up draft boards. Like he's a lottery guy. Now uh, he's just, he's very sudden as an athlete. He's so quick. His movement is like, Oh wow. Okay. So like, he, there's just like one lightning in his movements. Uh, but behind them, it's tough to sort out. Like I kind of like this version of Illinois without Curbelo. They seem to have figured themselves out a little bit, but getting him back into the rotation is going to be difficult because he came in with such hype. It's hard to ask him to take like a back seat, but mm-hmm. Plummer, Plummer and Frazier have been great. Uh, Michigan, I think will be probably the second best team in the long term, but they have some issues to work out right now, figuring out their point guard spot. How did Diabate and Dickinson play together? Uh, and then Iowa and Wisconsin are the two that have far exceeded expectations and have really emerged and, and been like, why aren't we second best team? I, obviously, Iowa lost at home to Illinois. That's tough. But uh, both of them, I think, have a chance to continue making that claim as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, even Minnesota up until losing to Michigan State, right? I mean, they were undefeated. That's, um, they, they, Minnesota and, and Iowa State are shaking hands in the way they have completely exceeded expectations. <laughs> it's, it's true, right? I mean, yep. new coaches – a uh, whole new look. I mean, we took a Minnesota player through the portal. I mean, it, it is true. They, there's a lot of, lot to like there. Um, I really look so at the bottom half, I think. Um, and, you know, e- even though you guys talked about it, I was sick of the same thing. Uh, I can't remember who's going into Rutgers this weekend, but I think it's Purdue, right? And Purdue's playing at Rutgers right now. They're, they're up six with three minutes left. So wow. see if they can take care of business. Yep. Wow. Good for Rutgers. They needed yeah. that. They, they they're they're there at scraping the bottom. Um, Nebraska and Fred Hoiberg, uh, he guys should never should have left Iowa State. I I yeah, that, what am I even gonna get in there? I think that's the worst team. Rutgers, Pitt State, Northwestern, you know, on a any given day, and then Maryland is really disappointed when you lose your coach. You know, they're 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 down at the bottom. Where where does in your mind, because these teams scare me. You talked about Iowa and Wisconsin. I think, I think that that tier two ish. I mean, you had Ohio State beat Duke. There's like Michigan, Ohio State. I think Illinois is up there. I would almost yeah. put Purdue and Illinois there. Let's just because there's got to be two. But Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Indiana. Where did they all kind of in that? Second, third layer. I mean, that's, does Indiana, do they have the, the horses to stay in? I know they got one good player. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they kind of ran Wisconsin out of the gym for like 25 minutes yesterday. Crazy. Fell apart. 17 points in the second half. Yeah, just totally fell apart. Their, their guard play has some issues. I mean, Xavier Johnson is good, but I think anybody that watched that was like, wow, his emotions just took over. He started playing really irrationally, making some poor, poor decisions. And that killed them. It just it yeah. killed them against a really disciplined Badgers team. Uh, I I think Indiana's going to be really solid. I was high on them preseason. I thought the regime change would help. I thought bringing in Dane Fife from Michigan State on the on the bench would really help. Uh, but I've started the warm up to Michigan State as maybe that kind of uh, me second too. or third best teams. They they play such good defense. Tyson Walker's a really solid point guard. He makes plays for others. 
something they've lacked in the past. Uh, and it's Tom Izzo. Like he, he had a down here last year, but I can't expect him to do that twice in a row. Yeah, I, I like Wisconsin, man, as much as you don't want to with Brad Davis. So Brad Davis, <laughs> you got to take uh, Bohannon and Brad Davidson and just say, all right, would you guys just kind of exit? Just please go. <laughs> How your, long are you going to be here? <laughs> your time has come. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot like Jess Settles at Iowa. Uh, yeah, your time has come. But he's a, he's a difference maker. I mean, the kid scraps, that team. That would scare the heck out of me, Wisconsin. I mean, there. I think the team to pull upsets is Michigan State and Wisconsin. I think Michigan is – they're the one team, I would say, that has the time to get better because, you know, they have the player. They have the Joes. But they have not looked good. They had one, they've had one game this year where they've shot it well from outside. And you can't be successful in college basketball without a three-point shooting game. You've got to be good. And they've had one game, you know, where they went, I think it was nine to 20. Um, I'm just, I'm not high on them. And Ohio State, I like Key in the middle. And Liddell, I think that, I think you guys had him maybe as close to your player of the year. I don't know, man. I haven't seen enough of them, but this is a really good league too. I think, how would, would you, would you say the Big Ten is better than the Big 12? Because I kind of think they are. I think I'd go big 12. I think the big 10 just has that bottom group. That's not as good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Minnesota has kind of emerged from the depths of that. They're not in it, but I, I despite this performance from Rutgers, I think they're not very good. Uh, Penn state's tough. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska. Northwestern. Uh, yeah. yeah. Northwestern's got a chance to be competitive. I, going on the road and beating Maryland, albeit in strange circumstances for the Terrapins, new coach. Um, but they've got some decent players, like the the recruiting that they've had over the past few years has been like top 100 guys or, you know, right around that area. So really? they have a right to be decent. It's just, I don't think they're terribly well coached. So we'll see. Um, I, there's like kind of a divide. I think there's the top eight and the bottom six. There you go. The top there eight will make eight. the tournament and bottom six are, they're going to be feisty in conference because the big 10 home courts are all really tough to play at, but uh, I, I don't see any of them rising up into the level of tournament team. Yeah. I'm with you. There's the eight. I think there's the eight that get in, which is crazy. It's a lot like the big 12. Um, you guys maybe had this talk too. I heard it. Uh, if you had to pick between, so you got big 12 is the sec really are they are they good and these good teams are losing or, or are they not as good as we think? I think the SEC is right there with those two, two, okay. those two leagues. They don't have a title contender the way that like Big Ten has Purdue or Kansas and Baylor, I think, are like true title contenders in the Big 12. Alabama is really good. Kentucky has the potential to be really good if they come together. Then you got your Tennessees, uh, Florida, nah, they, they lost at home to a SWAC team. Tough to go to bat for them. Uh, Arkansas is undefeated. I'll, I'll give him a nod there. That's but, your guy, man. Yeah. yeah I, I love Nate Oates at Bama. He, that's the one I, I ride or die for him, but yes, we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure they're quite national title contender. I think they're probably top 15, but uh, there's that very top tier with, uh, Duke and Gonzaga. I, I guess Alabama just beat Gonzaga. So maybe I'm, I'm talking myself into a pretzel here, unfortunately. Isn't that crazy though? <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, we'll get to that. I want to, that's what I want to wrap up with. Um, all right. So I like that. I think, I think the big 10, you know, we'll, we'll put a bow on that as the big 10 really is it's, it's coming down to eight. And I think 
honestly, that's that's going to be a fun, fun conference to watch. Um, all right, so we won't spend a ton of time because I do want to get to the national conversation, but because we have a league in Iowa that, that has you and I, that has Drake, um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting Belmont. What is that? Will that start next year? I think so. I, 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 so. I have to double check on the timeline there, unfortunately. I love that. I love that addition because Loyola's out. So when you guys did yours, you really kind of three-tiered it, you know, Drake, Loyola, Northern Iowa, Missouri State, in that top tier, I would say probably Northern Iowa's played themselves early. It's early, but they have not looked good <laughs> at all. No, no. Drake, unlike last year where they were, uh, the betting darling, they're one and seven against the spread this year. Um, they really have lost the games that, you know, they're they're that they should have won. And they're really hurt now with Roman Penn out. That really sucks. Yeah. Um, the kid is good though. He's a hell of a player. Uh, I think he had 21 the other night. He's got um, some cojones. I, I, with he, the games I've watched, he, he's like, oh, is this a big shot time? Give me the ball. I, I'm ready. Like, I'm good to go. I, this is my time. It's really impressive ball, for a Dad. freshman. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, he played for Waukee in Des Moines, and, and uh, you could see it there, man. I mean, um, he's he's a hell of a player. I, he, he could play on – he could definitely play on Iowa or Iowa State, for that matter. Yeah, um, I'm, there's a lot of programs that would like to have a six, seven shot maker. <laughs> oh, he's just, a, he's, he's just, and he's fun and he's a good kid. So I'm throwing Northern Iowa out. I think Missouri state can still kind of earn their way in there. I, I would probably put Loyola had a Drake and maybe Missouri state even had a Drake right now. Were you kind of looking at the conference top end? Yeah, I think Loyola is the top team right now. Uh, just what they brought back and the fact that they don't seem like lost without Crutwig. I think that was maybe the the concern. Like offensively, they can't run all those dribble handoffs and post-ups through him. And they've been largely fine and they're still really solid defensively. So I think Valentine's done a good job taking over from Moser. So I'll have them comfortably first. And there's it's, it's kind of a flotsam tough to sort out group there. It is inertia wants me to leave Drake second until they like really emphatically prove they aren't, Um, but they need to get Penn back. I I think they need that, that playmaker. They lost him last year, but they had Yesifu and and I can is not quite the same level of replacement that Yesifu was. So huge um, loss for Drake, huge loss. Yep. With Yesifu. Um, yeah, with the SFU, legit, legit tournament team, legit two-bid league. Yep. If if Drake didn't for some reason win, you know, Arch Madness. I he was uh lightning in a bottle, and but he was legit too. That was a big loss to Kansas. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's some other like intriguing teams to me. The the coaching hire that Indiana State made, they're they're a fun team to watch, but they're really volatile. Like they've gotten they got blown out by Ball State, but they've had some good performances too they've got like four good passers on the court at all times, which makes them really fun. Like they can, they can have some sequences. They're like, Oh, the ball just pinballed around and ended up getting a layup. So I kind of like watching them, but they're not a finished product yet. And the other team that I just, I I don't know is Valpo because they just got Kobe King eligible. The Wisconsin transfer. He put up 18 points in his debut against a non D one team. They've already got Kithier playing well, the Michigan state transfer, couple other uh, Wisconsin transfers on the roster. So they've got this like 
big 10 junior team going on. And, and as they get healthier with Cricky back, I, I think they could be a, a weird dark horse because I mean, they lost two non D one games in their exhibition season. Yeah. They were terrible early terrible. on. Yeah. And so now with the health and the eligibility, I, I think they're going to be undervalued in the market as a potential betting play there for the Crusaders, not Crusaders, the beacons, excuse me. <laughs> the Valparaiso beacons. Yeah, they had to change names this off season. <laughs> oh, that's awful. It's that bad. is awful. Crusaders yeah. must have been a PC kind of move. Yeah, um, I'll have to do my research. I am not a history buff, but see what you just gave Jim. Like that's what I'm missing. Like your understanding of these guys that are transferred in that weren't playing. Was King the guy who went to Nebraska for a little bit? He like enrolled there, but never played. Yeah. Never played. Okay. Hell of a player, man. That I didn't realize he was at Valpo. Where did Moser go? Where's he coaching now? He's at Oklahoma. He's in your big 12 now. Oh, that's who, no wonder though. They're not good, dude. I'm not, <laughs> I am not a fan of that team. I totally forgot. See, I need you, Jim. I'm going to have to put you on speed dial. Uh, don't well, give just, me your cell just, number. Don't ask me my parents' names or anything. I've moved that information out of my brain. <laughs> like it's... What was your dog's <laughs> name growing up? Uh, uh, her name was Chili. And I got that one in my mind still. <laughs> <laughs> it's Beacon. It's Beacon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think this is, you know, knowing that with Valpo, uh, Bradley's always a scrappy team. Southern Illinois, tough road game. Redbirds yeah, have not been good. Evansville, obviously, I think you have them right there at nine. Um, they're awful. Uh, I love the fact that you picked Tucker DeVries. Um, with Roman Penn out, you know, as you look at um, some of these other players, I think Missouri State was was pretty stacked with dudes, weren't they? Don't they have a couple? Yeah, they got uh, kind of inside-out combo. Gage Prim is like the monster center. There you uh, go. And then, and then Mosley is the perimeter score. So they, they've got that one, two punch. Their offense is lethal, but they haven't really guarded anyone yet this year. That's going to be their problem. They, Missouri Valley is such like a defense slow down half court league. It's weird to see a team be all offense like that. You, do you see this too? Like, do you, um, you know, Drake would like to get out and run, but I mean, you guys have talked about this, I think in the past, are there teams out there maybe in, in the, the Mo Valley, the big 12, big 10 that will play differently, different styles in the non-con? I, I think there are. It's, it usually ends up being like a coach that it's like, I want to, I want to play faster this year. That's such a drum beat for, for coaches in the off season. And they'll do it for a week, sometimes even three weeks. But when it gets into conference play and there's the fam familiarity with the opponent and the games mean just a little more, usually they kind of go back to their, all right, let's, let's pump the brakes. Uh, I kind of want to overcoach or micromanage, make sure we run the same set that I want every time. And we see a lot of that. And that's kind of like a national trend. The, the tempo starts fast and it just tapers off and gets really slow once we get to conference play. So yeah. I would expect more of that, especially in the Valley. Early, early conference unders is kind of a, a thing I like to lean on uh, early in the year. All right. We've had you for a while, Jim. Um, uh, again, thank you for doing this folks. Uh, Twitter at three man underscore weave. These guys are on field of 68. They're on the action network. They're on VEASAN. Um, it is, uh, they're the best at college basketball and the, the people that are doing college basketball that I would call like, you know, the, the big guys, 
they're bringing Jim, Kai, and Matt into their <laughs> world because they know it and recognize it. So uh, we're lucky to have you, Jim. Um, and of course, thanks to uh, Wild Rose Casino Resort Hotel and Sportsbook. All right, let's wrap it up with it, Jim. Um, I'll just kind of I'll throw some observations out there just as where the season is in December. Weird thing is the Big Ten, they've each played like two conference games. I don't know why they did that in December, just probably to fit them in. Um, but the landscape of, of college basketball, I, I agree. I think Purdue is number one. Um, after that, I'm really, really, really fond of this Arizona team. Oh man, you took it right out of my mouth. That's, Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I, they're I think amazing. You you can make a very coherent argument that they're number two in the country right now, and you could you could twist it into being number one too. They're incredible. I saw a stat today that the last three teams to start eight and zero with an average scoring margin of thirty or more is. Arizona this year, Baylor last year, who obviously won the national title, and then the 38 and one Kentucky team that went to the final four undefeated and, and then lost to Wisconsin. So, like, it is a mark of a juggernaut to be this dominant early on. And I buy it. I, I think the new coach, Tommy Lloyd, coming over from Gonzaga is, is a genius. They had a bunch oh, I didn't of talent realize that's where he's from. Was he his top assistant? Yep. And he, okay. he was really well known for all the international connections he had and all the, the guys he brought in at Gonzaga. And lo and behold, he takes over Arizona that has like a, an Estonian point guard, yes. uh, a, a Canadian wing, uh, a Lithuanian big man. It, it's this international blend and he's just the perfect coach for it. And man, it has all coalesced into a, like a juggernaut. I, I think they're potentially the second best team in the country. Uh, they're, they rock. It's, it's amazing. L listen, here's their roster. roster. Pele Larson. Pele, P-E-L-L-E-L-A-R-S-S-O-N. So, you know, he's from some Nordic country. Sweden, yep. Sweet, there you go. Umar Balo, he's probably from Spain. No, he's Mali. Justin, oh I, 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 for some reason, these are in my brain, too. Where's he from? Where's Balo from? Uh, Mali in Africa. Mali! Yep. Love it. That's where Madonna went and rescued all those kids. Hey, there we go. Uh, Justin Keir, I don't know anything about Justin, but he's a hell of a player. Yep, he's American, uh, uh, so. Okay. Uh, Kerr Krisa. That's the Estonian. He's a little shit disturber. He's just like a, he gets in your face and he chirps to the crowd. I, I love that guy. Then they got Dale and Terry. I think Dale and Terry might've been there. Yep. Benedict, uh, Mothrin, uh, Mothrin, unreal player. Yep. Uh, Christian Coloco. He didn't have a good game against uh, Wyoming. And then Azulis Tubelis, who's probably, I think he's maybe, He's right there. Like maybe if we had to pick a best player, Tubelis is, he stands out to me. Yep. They scored 53 freaking points in the first half against Wyoming. It's it, it, like their defense is probably their calling card. And you just said it, they scored 53, like they, 53. they can do no wrong right now. And I'm sure, you know, they'll trip up. They'll have a bad performance. They go to Illinois this weekend. I think they'll roll, but if they do lose, I'm, it's not going to affect my opinion of them. I've, I've just, I saw them in person out here in Vegas against Michigan and they, oh, cool. they just pulled them apart. Like it, yeah. it was incredible. I I'm totally sold. They're huge and they're skilled and their concern was point guard play. And that, that question has been answered. So I'm all they're in. So, I am all they're in. Like a, yeah. They're like a hockey team. They get, they get in transition and back on defense. It, it's electric fast. It is unreal. 
So even in that conference, Jim, um, you know, UCLA, what a hell of a run last year. They, they bring back the, the, the core players. Uh, it's early. Do you think, you think that's all it is with these guys? It's just early and, and they know. Yeah, I would probably say so. I mean, the Pac-12, I, I think, got just overinflated because of the performance in the tournament last yeah. year, getting, getting four to the Elite Eight and uh, all the benefit that came from that with rising in final season rankings, which affected preseason rankings this year. Uh, I mean, Oregon State's the the perfect example of that. They went to the Elite Eight and got picked fourth in the league, and now they're one and eight and the worst team in the league. It's it, it I was, State beat them. <laughs> yeah, it is a big recency bias thing there. So they're suffering from that a little bit where the expectations, I think, were too high. Uh, but they'll be pretty solid. That top three of Arizona, UCLA, USC is, is as good as any conference's top three. Yeah, I would agree. And, and I think the talk about they, they, the, the conference really underperformed in this pre-conference play. So they're not going to get a lot of teams in. I thought that was, that was extremely enlightening. Um, so like you said, you know, they may, there may be that Washington state ish team that creeps in, but I'm talking about t- title contenders. You mentioned Gonzaga. Um, this is definitely not last year's team. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say it. I know uh, they got the big lanky kid in the middle and I forget starts with an H. I'm forgetting his name. Um, they, he doesn't work with Timmy. Have you know, I, that's what I've noticed. Those two don't work on the court very well together. Yeah. They got to figure it out. I, I, there's time and I think they will. Holmgren's really skilled, but not having a shooter at the four, like last year they played Kispert small ball four and could spread people out. So this year they're, they're definitely not a finished product yet. Yeah, it's that's that's real interesting. Um, and then you mentioned Bama. I think they're the best team in the the um, SEC. Where you know Bama and Houston are intriguing to me. I think those are both really good basketball teams. Actually, if you look at the Big Twelve and who they're going to get when they lose Texas, Oklahoma, like Houston and BYU and Cincinnati. Those are all really good additions, football and basketball. Yeah. Ben um, and Houston play this weekend. That, yeah, that, that's that what I'm looking good. forward to. Yeah. Is that a guard-guard matchup, or is, is Houston still – I have not watched them play this year. They still they still have a couple lanky guys. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, their best players are guards, guards and wings, but they're, they've got like a four-man front court that they just rotate, and they play you so physically up front. I, I'm very intrigued to see how that one goes because – Alabama got to play their game against Gonzaga and might not get to do that against Houston. They might try to slow it down on them, play a lot more physical and, and kind of throw them off the path when they start to drive. So I, I want, I want to see how Alabama responds to that physicality. Yeah. That'll be a really good benchmark game. Um, last team that I think maybe has a shot uh, is Duke. What's your, what's your take? I know Paulo Bencaro's all the rage. Uh, Keels at guard. They, I, the only thing at Duke that worries me is they're not the greatest shooting team. Um, yeah. They've got the Joes, obviously. Yeah, and I think you know the the performance they put together against to beat Gonzaga was really really impressive. Another one I got lucky enough to be at in person. So I Unreal, think real dude. Hey, the basketball That's came right, to Vegas. Vegas. Everything came to Vegas during Thanksgiving That's week. Right. Fantastic. The Maui um, was there. I forgot yep. about that. Yep. Uh, so uh, yeah, like Duke's ceiling is as high as anybody else. I mean, they're huge. Like they, Bancaro and Keels are both like built like football players, and that really helps their defense. Mark Williams is a great anchor inside. 
you've got the the wonderful narrative of, of coach K sailing off into the sunset. I know, but I do think shooting is a concern and being able to spread the floor and, and stop teams from packing the paint. Part of why they got away from Gonzaga or ended up pulling that out was Bancaro, who's not a great shooter, hit three at, three threes in the first half and that stretched out Gonzaga defensively. So they're not going to get that every night. I'm, and we saw it Their Their offense completely clammed up at, at Ohio state. And that's why they lost down the stretch. Couldn't believe it. They, they didn't score. I think they didn't even score the last four thirty six. Oh, I yep. You're, you're spot on as, as somebody who foolishly backed Duke <laughs> on the road. I, I don't know why I did that. I did too. It was, it was maddening. I'm like, wait a minute. How long is this going to happen? So really, as if you look at it, did I miss anybody kind of Jim that you would think, I mean, there's maybe what, not eight, nine teams really that are vying for a championship. Who else out there? I think you got them all. Uh, the one thing I'll, I'll mention is that Rutgers just hit like a 40 footer to beat Purdue at the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> the rack is back. The rack is back. We we disavowed Jersey Mike's arena. I, I won't call it that. It's the Jersey rack. Mike's arena. <laughs> Unreal. Did they really? Yeah. Who hit it? Baker? Yeah, uh Harper. Harper hit it. Harper did. The line. I think See, those, um, those two guys, those two guys can lead a team, right? I mean, that's the way that's the way I remember NCAA basketball. Like Iowa State, we there's a couple of times where we had two really good guards. Um, you know, you bring a Willoughby and someone else and we could do stuff. Those guys should step up and they've been crap, but that is a huge win. Huge. Yeah, that's, that's the type of one that you can take that momentum and build and forget about losing at home to Lafayette. And now you, now you go on and build a resume. Unreal. Unreal. That's why we love college basketball right there. Yep. Lose to Lafayette, knock off. Really, the number one team in the nation. Hey, guess what? Guess who's going to be number one next week? Uh, Baylor. <laughs> Our Arizona Wildcats. I, I, Arizona's my number one. I'll, I'll yeah. say that. No, we're on the same page. Uh, all right, I've kept you long enough, by the way. Uh, Ten-minute mark, Cyclones up 16-15 over Iowa. You just heard it, Jim said. Rutgers took down Purdue. Jim, um Really, I, I cannot thank you enough. I, I really hope we can do it again. I know I took about half of your time, but I appreciate it. Um, anybody, guys, get to check out Three Man Weave. All you got to do is freaking use the Google machine. You'll find them. Great podcast, uh, daily content that comes out on YouTube through uh, Field of 68, which is really, if you're betting through that day, it's kind of fun to do when you're sitting at work, especially work from home, Jim, I'll be honest. I don't get in the chat mob, but they'll ask questions and you guys will nail, you know, specific questions for people. Um, you guys yeah, got a well, great product, man. Best of luck to you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. That, if, if you're betting and I know probably a lot of your listeners are, that's, that's the best bet show. That's what we try to gear everything towards. We, we engage with the chat. If you got a question about any game, yep. throw it in there and we'll have an opinion on it because we're, you heard me on this, this episode, we're freaks. We got all the, the knowledge up in the, up in the head. So uh, feel free to hop in and ask questions. Yeah. It doesn't matter what game William and Mary, what's their name? the tribe and they just the lost tribe. to Hampton tonight. My best bet was Hampton and it covered. So woohoo! <laughs> you guys are well above 500 now. Yeah. 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 You guys I'm, are well I'm, above 500. By let's, the way, let's, Iowa state fans don't like Hampton, my friend. <laughs> no, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh if Marcus Pfizer would have stayed that year, that would have been a national championship contending team. That was Tinsley, right? He left Tinsley behind yeah. and he went to the Bulls and yeah, so did Tim Floyd after that. 
Yeah. Tough loss. Jimmy, thank you, brother. It's uh, great to meet you and uh, best of luck. We'll be in touch. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Todd. Great to meet you.